0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. Christoph Trappier, your host and author of Content Performance Culture, episode 194. Getting so close to 200. Really, really appreciate everyone still listening and still interested in my five-star podcast. And I can say that because it has five stars on Apple, and I uh, I use that in a bunch of marketing materials. And then, of course. I ran across Greg Gifford's post. You might remember him from the episode about local search. I quote it all the time. Really uh, make sure you take a listen to it. Very interesting how to rank in local search. And Greg made the comment, you don't want to have five stars. And (laughs) I'm broken down. Greg, (laughs) there you are. How's it going?
1: (laughs) I'm great. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm okay. Sorry. Sorry I
1: shattered your world.
0: (laughs) Well... Um, a, a little bit, but let's, that's okay. We're here to learn together and we're here to evolve together. So I'd like to hear more about the theory. Why, why is the perfect score not perfect?
1: So for podcasts, five stars, probably fine. Uh, when we're looking at local businesses though, there have been many, many, many studies done and the studies all agree that you're not. Going to do as well with a perfect score as you will with something slightly less than perfect. Now, what that ideal range is for the score, they kind of disagree on. Some of them have a really wide range of like anything 3.7 to 4.9 is better than a five. Uh, Most of them pretty much center in on that range of, you know, about a 4.3 to a 4.6 or 4.7 is really the sweet spot. And If you think about it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, if you're looking for a a restaurant to go eat at or a business, a car dealership, uh, a doctor's office, an attorney, if they've got one or two reviews and it's a 5.0 score, okay, no big deal. If you're looking at somebody that's got several hundred reviews and a 5.0 score, you don't go, wow, these guys must be amazing. It's kind of human nature to go, wow, with that many reviews and a perfect score, they must be cheating because we all know that there's <laughs> grumpy people out there that don't leave good reviews. And we all know that no business is perfect. So, you know, everybody's going to make a mis- Everybody's human. Everybody's going to make a mistake. And if you make a mistake and drop the ball and give bad service, you're going to get a bad review for that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And so these studies have shown you actually get more click throughs and more conversions. If you don't have a perfect review score.
0: Yeah, but but it's hard. Well, first of all, thank you to give me permission to have a five-star podcast. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm I'm already feeling better about my day. Uh, so, but it's hard, right? I mean, when I'm speaking. So, I, I should, first, I should say this: I have published most of my negative speaking feedback on my website, right? On my and there's a link from my speaking page, so you can actually go and see all the mean things or correct things or whatever that uh, people have said but it sucks. Like, I want the, I want to be this perfect speaker. I want to be the perfect business. I, right. I mean, don't people, that's why it's hard to to kind of uh, agree with that, that those studies, is it not?
1: Uh Yeah. I mean, well, you know, think of it like you're a business owner and you have a perfect score and y- you know, You're a small business owner. You don't really know about digital marketing. You know it's important to have good reviews. You know it's important to show up in Google, but you don't really understand how all that works. And you've been in business for 10 years, and you've had a 5.0 score and perfect reviews the whole time. Now, maybe that means you only have 20 reviews, but that whole time, you've always prided yourself on the fact that you've got a perfect score. Then you get that one random person that gives you a one-star review, and it takes you from a 5.0 to a 4.9 And you're like, oh, my life is ruined. I've got this bad review. Nobody's going to come see me anymore because I don't have a good review score. While in reality, it just shows that you're a real business and that real problems happen. And the way that you respond to that review can actually help. Uh, You know, it shows that you are listening to what people have to say about your business. And it shows that you care about your customer experience and that you try to make things right if a mistake was made. So it's not really as damaging as a lot of people think. And another thing that's really common, uh, in fact, I'm actually recording a video about this later today. Uh, Something that's really common is, you know, you get businesses that will get a a negative review from somebody that they have no idea who it is. You know, it's clearly not a customer uh, or even it's just a, a completely fake name. Like you just, you know, it says like Joe Blow for the reviewer or something like that. And you know, it's fake. And they get mad that Google won't remove it, but Google's only gonna remove a review if it breaks their uh, list of restricted content. So if it's just a bad review and it's from somebody you know wasn't a customer, well, Google isn't gonna remove that review. So then you have to just go in and leave a strategic reply. But if you go in and say something to the effect of, you know, hey, we've done an extensive search of our customer records and we don't have any record of ever dealing with you, Mr. Blow. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know we 're sorry you felt the need to leave us a bad review and use a false name, but if you have a legitimate complaint, please let us know you know we would love to do everything possible to to turn your opinion around and, and show you the great experience that we give to all of our other customers that way, anybody else that reads that bad review is going to go, "Oh, this is a fake review and it 's not going to matter and in the grand scheme of things, sure maybe you 're no longer a 5.0 and you 're a four point nine but that still amazing. And that one bad review, if anybody goes to look at the reviews, think about how you shop. When you go to Amazon or you go look at anything, you jump right to the negative reviews. You don't care about the good reviews. Sure, everybody thinks they're great, but you wanna see the bad review. What bad experiences did people have? That's what influences your decision on whether to buy that product or buy from that business. So if people are going to jump right to the bad reviews and that bad review has a response that shows that it's clearly a fake review, you're not really going to pay attention to it. It won't matter.
0: And I, I know you're an SEO guy, but what are the the channels most important for reviews? I mean, are is it the Google reviews, Facebook, uh, Yelp for some businesses, others? So- uh, there was other day, other day I saw it even on a uh, better Business Bureau, I saw some things on there. So Yeah, Better you, Business Bureau does
1: that? reviews now. Um, it kind of really depends on the industry. Uh, back in the day, if you'd asked me this question four or five years ago, I would have said, just worry about Google and get all your reviews on Google because Google reviews are more weighted and will help you rank better. Uh, the algorithm has updated now. So you really kind of want to spread your reviews among four major areas. You want reviews on Google, clearly, because that's important in that, you know, if you're a, a business, uh, not an e-commerce business, but a, a local business that actually has a, a physical storefront or like a, a plumber where you service people in the area, you want reviews there because that's what's going to show up first. You want reviews on Facebook, which are actually recommendations. It's just kind of a yes, no, this place is great or no, it's not. Uh, you want that because that's social proof. You want reviews on whichever vertical review sites matter for you. So, you know, if you're a home services kind of guy, you want to be on Angie's list. If you're a car dealer, you want to be on, you know, cars.com. Uh, you know, there's, you know, there's the the health ones for doctors, you've got AVO and fine law for lawyers. So you know, whichever sites matter for your particular vertical. And then yeah, you actually do need to worry about Yelp, even though Yelp is really kind of primarily used uh, typically for like, business uh businesses that are more like hospitality like restaurants and bars or you know hotels and things like that. Uh the issue is on Apple Maps, the stars that show up on Apple Maps come from Yelp, not from Google. So, you know, I, I love to talk about this when I do review talks and I'll I'll show a, a local example of some business in the area of wherever the conference is that has, you know, four 500 or five hundred or a thousand reviews on Google and a really high Google review score. And then you pull the same business up on Apple Maps and they've got like a half star or a one star uh, rating with like 15 or 20 reviews because they're not paying attention to what's going on on Yelp. And Yelp obviously is really difficult to deal with. Uh, They kind of tend to prioritize those negative reviews and positive reviews that come from one time users. Like if you've only left that one review on Yelp and nothing ever again, that review is going to get filtered out and it won't get counted. So it's difficult to deal with, but you got to pay attention to it because there's a lot of people out there that look directions up on Apple Maps. So you've got to make sure you've kind of spread across the whole gamut of sites.
0: <clears throat> and you know what's interesting about that comment? I, I think back on the, the pragmatic talk uh, podcast I did with Scott and Susan Westwater, and they said to me, you know how people say nobody uses Bing? <laughs> and they go well a lot of people say well, we don't use bing we use google everybody uses google and they said do you have an alexa device yes well anytime you ask alexa anything she's using bing right yep. and so very interesting the comment you make about apple maps and some people claim uh google maps is so much better i'm an apple fanboy i have my apple watch on i use apple maps all the time because it vibrates yeah, on my on my watch right so very interesting so my the, the point i'm trying to make is once again it's not about one channel over the other. You have to have an integrated strategy, right? That's kind of what you're saying too.
1: Yeah, well, and then you know the, you know, speaking of voice search for for Google Home, if somebody's going to do a spoken search on Google Home, you would say, "Hey Google, uh, you know, I need a whatever we're looking for." Let's say, "Hey Google, I need a Toyota dealer near me," and Google's going to read off the information of the closest one to you. And then it's going to say, is this the one you're looking for? And if you say no, then it's going to start reading off other nearby options. And after that first one, when it starts reading off options, it's going to say, how about this dealership at this address with this rating? And it starts reading off what their ratings are. So even, you know, even it's not just a desktop or mobile search, it's a voice search too, that reviews are really important. And People make that decision. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really important to have a great review strategy in place. But it's also important to realize that if you're not a perfect 5.0, that's not a bad thing. And in a lot of cases, it's probably a good thing.
0: Even though 3.7 sounds pretty low, but uh, that was just one range, right? You're yeah, recommending I, between.
1: I, I don't really kind of, I don't fall on that camp. Um, I think 3.7 is really low, unless, unless perhaps if in your local area you got a whole lot of grumpy people and a whole lot of really crappy businesses and 3.7 is the highest score in town, then you're okay. <laughs> but generally we always, I mean, whenever we work with clients, we always tell them, we really want your reviews to be somewhere between 4.3 and
0: 4.7. How do you give a 4.3 review? That's just a four, right? I guess.
1: Yeah. So it, it, it's going to take the aggregate uh, score and and divide it and and put it into that scale. So, you know, all five-star reviews gives you a 5.0. If you get a four that throws in there, depending on how many you have, you know, if if you have two reviews and one is a five and one is a four, then your score is going to be a 4.5. You know, if if you've got 100 reviews and a couple are one-star reviews, then you'll have a 4.9. So it's, you know, it's mathematically, it sorts out and figures out what that decimal is going to be.
0: So, of course, we have the people that just kind of give reviews. Like, for example, I had a bad experience today, and I've been uh, debating whether or not I should leave a Google review, and I still might. And obviously, they don't really want me to, right, because it wasn't a positive experience. Right. Uh, then on on Amazon, every once in a while, I order something. I see my old orders, and I'm like, oh, okay, just give them some stars and rank them. And so that's uh, self-directed, I guess, or sometimes it's just filling time, quite frankly. Yeah. But. How about the, the proactive push to get people to leave your reviews? What, how do you feel about that? What, oh, what should people do?
1: We always, everyone that we work with, and every time that I speak at conferences anywhere, I always tell people, you have to be proactive. You've got to ask every customer for a review. Because like you just said, you had a bad experience, you're thinking about writing a bad review. If you had a great experience, writing a review wouldn't be anywhere on your mind at all whatsoever. You know, the example that I use is I like fish tacos. So, like, if I go have a fish taco somewhere and I bite into the fish taco and there's a Band-Aid, 100% sure I'm going to leave a bad review for that place saying I got a fish taco here and there was a Band-Aid in it. But if I'm eating that fish taco and it's the best fish taco I've had in my life and it's the most amazing meal I've ever had, am I going to write a review? Probably not. But if the waiter's walking by and sees that I'm just in utter ecstasy and I absolutely enjoy the heck out of that fish taco. And he says, wow, man, looks like you like that fish taco. And I say, man, that's the best fish taco I have ever had in my life. And he says, well, that's, that's awesome. I'm super happy. I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're enjoying your meal. You know, would you mind leaving a review and letting other people know that you like it that much at that point? Yeah. Now it's, And now I almost kind of feel obligated because I was telling him how amazing it was. And he's like, cool, can you share that with other people? I'm much more likely to go leave that review now. So that's why it's really important to proactively ask every single customer to leave a review, especially the ones that you know are happy.
0: Especially. So, uh, you know, I think back, this is 10 years ago now, and I know technology has really improved. But when we did a lot of events, uh, we always we we found that the easiest way to get a lot of feedback and a lot of testimonials, so to speak, is by putting the survey on people's chairs, right? So they have it, right? And you have to collect it as opposed to saying we'll send you a link in the email or whatever. The other yep. strategy I've used is when I speak, I actually put up my cell phone number and I say on a scale of one to five, you know, uh, rate the se- session, and then you can also send me. Uh, a review, which doesn't put it on Google, but I can put it on my own website. Yep. Um, how important are the, the, how important is the ease of getting uh, writing a review and getting it up? And what are the strategies it's, there?
1: It's, yeah, that's super important too. That's something that we always talk about because if you just ask me in that same situation, if the waiter says, hey, will you go leave us a review on Google? And I say, sure. I have to figure out how to do that. And I have to remember to go do that. And if you don't leave reviews on Google all the time, it's not so easy to do. You have to know that you have to be logged into a Google account. You have to know how to search for that business and find their Google My Business page. You have to know the right place to click to leave that review. So what we always uh, advise people to do is to set up a really easy page on their website. So it's domain.com slash reviews. So every employee that is customer facing knows if you want to tell somebody to leave a review, you tell them to go to domain.com/slash reviews. And that page has a simple message that says, Hey, thanks for leaving a, or you know, thanks for doing business with us today. We'd really love to know what your experience was like. If you could share it with us and with the public on one of the following sites, and then you give them options. So you list Google, Facebook, Yelp, whatever. Because if I'm a Yelp user and I love Yelp and you give me a Yelp option, I'm going to choose Yelp over everything else. Uh, You know, if I really prefer Facebook, it's a little easier to do that there. Maybe I'll do it there. And, you know, it makes it a little bit more of a natural spread. But now instead of me having to remember to go somewhere to do it, I just know I go to this page and heck, I can do it on my mobile phone right there. Uh, And then you can also hand things out. So print it out on the receipt, print out, you know, QR codes are kind of making a comeback now because any cell phone, if you just point the cell phone camera at a QR code, it's going to open up that URL automatically. So drop a QR code or a QR code on that receipt that has the URL to that reviews page, or just print the URL to that reviews page. So then somebody's got a physical thing to hold to remind them where to go. And then you can follow up with an email as well. So you're asking, you've got the verbal ask, then you've got something physical to give them. And then they've also got the email follow-up later and all of those link directly to the places to go. And then there's even ways that you can use tools to get a direct link. So instead of just linking to your Google My Business page, you can have that Google link actually directly pop open the Google review widget where that will, instead of having to go to that business page and then saying, okay, where do I click to leave a review? It just drops you right into the, Hey, give us a star rating and write your review right here. So the easier you make it, the more reviews you're going to get for sure.
0: And so it's interesting about the QR codes. I have noticed that as well, that they're, they're making a little bit of a comeback. Um, But how many, is there now going to be a learning curve? Like, do you really just need to, so it used to be really difficult to use it, right? Like a pain in the butt, quite frankly. And now you just point your phone. So is there going to be a learning curve? People see a QR code and they just think, oh, it's too difficult. Do you just have to write on there, point your phone here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, there's actually a lot of restaurants in my area that, you know, they're allowed to open up during COVID right now, but they're still having to run at the limited capacity. And, you know, they don't want to hand out their standard menus because then that's just every time they have to disinfect the menus. So some restaurants have gone the direction of just using paper printed menus that they just throw away, but that wastes a lot of money. The really smart ones just have QR code stickers on the table. And so they just, the waiter will walk up and say, hey, you know, we have our menus online. So all you have to do is point your camera at the QR code and it pops up. And, you know, it actually prints on the side of sticker, you know, view our menu, you know, point to this with your phone. I think a lot of people still don't realize you can do that, but I think a lot of of people are starting to figure that out. I think it's becoming more obvious and it's not hard to throw those instructions there to let people know that, hey, it's not like it was 10 years ago where you need a, a separate app. Every cell phone does this now.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting. And yeah, I, I certainly have noticed that too. And uh, QR codes, I, I do think they probably will come back. Um, what other tips do you have for, uh, for asking people or, uh, I mean, do you, I always heard that you're supposed to say, uh, would you consider a a, a fair review? Is that, is that the right verbiage? Or how do we, what do we ask people to do?
1: No, we always just say, you know, you don't want to say go leave us a review. I don't I don't like that language. I think when you when you have your ask, it's more of a, you know, share your experience with us. Let us know how we did. You know, or share your experience with us today on one of these sites. So it's more not just, you know tell me how I did today or not just I need a testimonial for my site that tells everybody how awesome I am. It's share your experience. It's that, that kind of, it spins it more to kind of a social aspect of you're letting everyone else know, not just me, how you did, or what your experience was with my business today.
0: Very interesting. So to, to sum things up, I mean, if you're a 4.3 on Google reviews, you are perfect in my book
1: uh yeah i wouldn't say perfect um i definitely want to i mean you know we tell people as long as you're in that 4.3 to 4.7 range you're okay but again it depends on what other local competitors are around you know if you're a 4.3 but there's several other competitors in the local area that are 4.5 or 4.6 well then yeah you need to you need to be at least at their level um but you know if you're a 4.3 and you're the highest rated guy in town then yeah you're golden so you know, there's no there's no way to say this is the perfect score or the perfect range because there's other factors at play too. But you know, the, the point being, you know, if you're in the mid fours, you're probably fine. Uh, you know, I try to say you want a 4.5 or a 4.6. Really, that's kind of where I really like to be. 4.5, I don't even care what the rest of your competitors have. 4.6, I don't care. You start getting up 4.7, 4.8. You know, I've got lots of clients that do have a 4.8 or a 4.9 with over a thousand reviews or a couple thousand reviews. And that's great because if the majority of people are going to tell you you're amazing, then you are going to have a really high percentage. And I'm not going to tell those people, oh, you're a 4.9 and you're going to be better at a 4.7. So let's go get some bad reviews. Like you just want the reviews to come in naturally. The whole point is educating businesses and marketers out there that. It's okay to get a bad review here and there. It shows that you're a a real business. It shows that you're human and it gives you the opportunity to turn that bad review into something that looks good because if it's just a bad review with no response, well then that hurts you. But if you post a response that shows, Hey, look, I really truly care about the fact that this guy didn't have a good experience and I want to, I want to turn this around and make this guy a fan and not have him think that I suck then that's attractive. And people want to want to do business with businesses like that.
0: So the one example that comes to my mind is uh, Glassdoor, which I know is slightly different. But every once in a while, I talk to somebody, and I say, your Glassdoor reviews are just terrible. And they'll say, oh, they're all well. Oh, we don't care or that's not us or whatever. But again, it's out there, right? It's the image that some people have chosen to portray for one reason or another. Um, And then on the other hand, the last show, you and I talked about websites for local businesses. And by the way, I don't think we got into this, but I noticed this the other day that you can now build your website directly in Google My Business. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Tell me why. Why not?
1: It's bad. It's a really crappy website experience. It's a very limited uh, website. Uh, there's, There's just no excuse to, unless you are just very 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 technically challenged and don't know anybody friend or family that can help you maybe then it's okay but nowadays it is so easy and so cheap to get a wordpress site spin up you know spun up somewhere and it's so easy to do things in wordpress it's a far superior website experience to the crappy little google site that's really just there for people that are just really, really, really bottom of the feeding chain and don't really understand computers. <laughs> uh, if, if, you've, if, if if you're capable of turning your computer on and using Microsoft Word or using Google Docs and sending email, then you're capable of doing a WordPress website and you should be on a better website platform.
0: There you go. We won't recommend that. Um, interesting. So, but, you know, so then I actually, we talked about that in the last episode, <laughs> Um, Google my business, how to set that up, et cetera, et cetera, at the very least yep. Uh, and and I actually I talked to somebody I hired, and I said, "Well, your website looks really nice, and he said oh i hadn 't even looked at that in a long time, and whoever set it up, right? How do we get across that the digital marketing piece matters, even when things are going well
1: well, yeah, because things aren't always going to go well. What happens if you're the number one guy in town?" And you don't pay attention to your website and you don't do anything. And you've got some young whippersnapper that's an up and comer and they do really solid SEO and they get really involved in the community and get a ton of visibility. And all of a sudden they're the new guy in town that everybody likes. And by the time you realize, Hey, I kind of business kind of seems to be dropping off and wow, I'm I'm really hearing a lot of people are switching over to this other guy. And then you go look in Google and you used to be at the top of the page and have an awesome website. And now you're at the bottom of page one, and there's four or five people that outrank you, and that number one guy has just the most kick-ass website ever, and everybody loves him. Now you're got to fight your way back to the top. If you were at the top in the first place, why do you stop doing what it was that got you there? Right. You know, yeah. SEO and just digital marketing in general—it's it's a king of the hill battle. You know, there's always a, there's always some way to go up, but every time you go up, you knock somebody else down. And once you get to the top, the only way to go is down. So you've got to fight to keep that spot or that top visibility area if you're there. And you don't want to just assume that everything's okay, especially now that that COVID has happened. So much is done online, and so much you know, even if people are still going to come to your store in person or your restaurant in person, if you're open at fifty percent capacity or whatnot, people are still doing their searches online, and you've got to show up there. So you have to have everything as optimized as possible
0: yep absolutely and of course get those reviews uh, the, the experiences posted uh, interestingly greg um, there's only one podcast platform i think where you can leave reviews am i thinking that incorrectly apple Podcasts allows a v- reviews google not yet maybe they do um, but either way if you enjoyed the show or share your experience on any of those platforms uh, always appreciate it. Greg, thanks for coming back. Thanks for sharing another uh, interesting episode. Always learn a lot when I hear from you.
1: Always happy to be here.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. Awesome. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yep, let, have a good let, me go, let me know when it goes up and I'll uh, share it around. Of course. Yep. Bye. All right. Take care.
0: That's a wrap.